0: Brick Lane Brewing, they're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops.
1: Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au.
0: Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, it's great to have you company. We'll head back to your calls a shortly. Dwayne's World live from the Sandy Golf Links, thanks to Callaway Golf, the New Paradigm AI Smoke family. They're sweeter from every spot from Callaway. You can check out the Callaway equipment if you drop down here to the Sandy Golf Links today. Got a couple of stars in the house, and there's a heap of stars about to tee off shotgun start. Josh Kerr and daughter Sierra Kerr, a couple of surfers, and Sierra just coming off a win at Urban Surf on the weekend as well. On the man-made waves, so uh, congratulations to you, firstly, Sierra, on your win.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, pretty frothing to be here and see how it see how it goes.
0: And your dad's with us, and he was a handy surfer, top ten in your day when uh, you were flying.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, retired uh, six years ago now, mm. and yeah, had a good handful of years in the top ten, enjoying the you know the tour circuit. It was good times.
0: So, Sierra, do you surf the man-made waves much? Is this a like a thing that you could make your own because you beat I shouldn't ask your age, but you're fairly young and you beat open-age competitors on the weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm only 16, so it's good to be able to beat people of any age and even, like, people that were on tour and in the top 10. So I've had a couple heats against those kind of people, and it's always good when you get to beat them because it feels like your surfing's going pretty good.
0: Does this make you feel more confident about surfing against them going forward now? Do you need these wins for your own confidence?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're winning in a wave pool because it's not really dependent on the ocean, it's kind of just about your surfing. And if you're beating those kind of people, it definitely gives you confidence.
0: So this is like NASCAR. Everyone's in the same car when it comes to urban surf. It's not the luck of the wave you choose. So in essence, this has given you more confidence because everyone was able to ride exactly the same wave and you rode them better.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's pretty good when you think about it like that. It definitely gives you confidence that when you get the waves, you can out-surf anyone.
0: How's she going, Dad? she going okay?
3: Uh, mate, yeah. She actually put on a pretty dominating performance on the weekend. <laughs> it was, you know, she's given me plenty of proud dad moments as, uh, in her whole life, yes. let alone just these last few months. She's been on a bit of a tear. And, yeah, uh, it's been so fun to watch just her progression. It's so cool.
0: So you're f- both from up north Australia, but you've been living in California together as a family a few times. Over and back, yeah?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I grew up in Tweed, Coolangatta. And then I was 22 when Sierra was born. And when she, oh, she was about three, I was 25. We um, moved to the States where my wife was from for about 10 years. And now in the last, we actually got kind of stuck here during COVID. And we realized how much we loved Australia again. <laughs> Instead of just spending a month or two of a year, we'd, now we're doing more like six to eight months of the year here. And then just getting back to the States just for just to more travel out, out of there for the... Um, second half of the year because there's a lot more of the tour and events and different things going on that time of year out there.
0: So now that Sierra is this good, does she decide where you live? Where do you want to live, Sierra?
2: Uh, I definitely like Australia more, (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) probably when I get older, it'll be mostly based out here for me, I'm going to guess. Do
0: you want to start some arguments? Uh, Best wave in Australia, where is it? Uh, You can
3: both uh, chime in for this one.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say Snapper Green Mount.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with her on that one. Yeah, it's um, it's home. home and it feels <laughs> yes. <good>. Yep. <laughs> but
0: can you get on? I mean, there's a, there's a million people in the lineup, isn't there?
3: Yeah. I've, I mean, I navigate the lineup pretty well, and I felt like I've given Sierra a good kind of nod on how to do it too. <laughs> 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 Best uh, quiet wave that you wouldn't
0: dare tell anybody on radio about. But uh, <laughs> you like going there? It's Just that the the locals will get a bit upset if you mention it.
3: Uh, yeah, I've definitely got a couple down the coast, not too far. You know, that's pretty. That's a greatest part about just on the southern end of the Gold Coast yeah. there. You go south it's just little beach towns all the way down and there's multiple little headlands and little patches of reefs that we don't tell too many people about <laughs> that we really enjoy.
0: Which side of the bay is better here in Melbourne? Do you get down to Bells or Port Campbell or you you
3: Sierra actually has never really surfed down Bells or anything. It's actually on our list of things to do this yeah. year to get acquainted with that as it has such like a historic value in competitive surfing that mm. With her career trajectory, she'll be surfing out there in no time with a rashi on, so getting mm. equated with waves of like that's kind of in the near future. No,
0: exciting times. You're about to tee off, so I better let you go. Yep,
3: thank, thank you. you. Yeah, Thanks, thanks for, for coming. I have
0: to give your sponsors a mention before you go, because I see you've got the, the cap on. I'll leave that for you, because at your age, uh, winning things like Urban Surf, I'm sure they're going to be coming in their hundreds.
2: Yeah, right now I've got Volcom, Red Bull, FCS, Oakley, and Nike. And JS, JS yeah, they give me my boards.
0: <laughs> and reeled them off perfectly as well. We'll get that little audio clip <laughs> They You can send them all to your sponsors. Great to have you in. Good luck today uh, with the golf club in your hand. Yeah, well, thank thanks. you. Great to have both of you in, Josh Kerr and Sierra Kerr, both having a little run here for Callaway Golf, the new Paradigm AI Smoke family. They're sweeter from every spot. You can check out the Callaway range, and we've got a few things thanks to Callaway to give away. We're live here at the Sandy Golf Links. Thanks to Callaway Golf. Back to your calls. Nick, on the Gold Coast, speaking of uh, up north, uh, you've been holding for a while. Thanks for holding, Nick.
1: No problem. I was just calling up about uh, opening round tickets. They're actually available. They've been available since before Christmas. But um, I had a bit of an issue when I was going to buy tickets. I'm a Richmond membership member and I have a friend who's a Gold Coast member. And unfortunately, with our two memberships, we can't purchase tickets together and sit next to each other because either, I don't know if it was Ticket Tech or Ticketmaster who I was purchasing through don't allow that. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work. So, unfortunately, we can't buy tickets together and sit together unless we don't want to use our memberships and just buy a regular ticket. So um, I found that quite disappointing because Aussie rules, it's all about mingling with the fans and everyone sitting together, and not not the EPL where you've got to separate. So, yeah, a bit disappointed in
0: that. Yeah, Nick, I've had this call before, and I hope the AFL's listening to it because there are anomalies in the ticketing system, or there's a lot of them, but the AFL needs to listen to things like this, especially when it comes to up north. It's a little bit different maybe in Melbourne where you know Collingwood supporters want to sit with Collingwood supporters. You might not have Collingwood and Essence supporters wanting to sit together. And you know, a game like Anzac Day, it's maybe a bit difficult at the MCG with where your membership area is. But up north and friends and family going to the footy together, that's what grows the game, Nick. So I hope the AFL does have a listen to this. They do tune into the show occasionally and take note of a few things because, I mean, this is the forum for the fans to have their say. This is the forum where the AFL does get a, ch- a chance to actually um, just survey the, the the footy fans out there. And it's a survey every day for me to find out what the fans are thinking. So I really do hope the AFL listens to you. Nick, hold the line. We've got a Dwayne to coming your way up there on the Gold Coast as well. David in Richmond, welcome to you, David.
1: Oh, hi, Dwayne. I'm just back from my five weeks in Tassie. Uh, I heard you talking about icks with people when I was down there. Yes. I think you and I have an ick about the stadium. But anyway, I went to a few Jack Jumpers games and I absolutely loved it. And I think they are red hot at the moment. They've lost 12 games by a total of 55 points. I don't know if you know all the stats about them, but I think they're primed to, to take this out if they can get it right on the day. And you know what? you can't actually get a ticket to the game unless you've got a membership. There's a wait list of 4,000 for that place, and the government's not listing on expanding the stadium, which uh, Larry Kesselman and co are very disappointed with at the moment.
0: So what are they going to... They they want to expand it, but I don't think any expansion's still going to be enough. Is it, David? Maybe they need a bigger stadium maybe to play in front of. Uh, how many would they put in? If you had... If they were in a final and it was an open venue... You could name how many people you get in. How many Tasmanians would actually go, do you think?
1: Well, I don't think having a, a, a 30,000, 40,000 football stadium is really great because we saw that with Marble Stadium. The view angle was terrible. But mm. Actually, what they're considering is you, you've been down to the, the stadium there. It's kind of like half a stadium with a wall, isn't it? Yeah. So the idea is to actually mirror that. It would require moving Elwick Racecourse a little bit out to the side or whatever, but... The, the Initially, the idea was 6,000, and that's not really big enough. But then if you, if you double it to that sort of 10,000 seating, um, they think they'll get more interstate fans coming down to watch. Obviously, it's a big tourism place is Mona around the corner. And then you would then have that sort of almost Rod labor size arena for like those sort of smaller music acts, which mm. everyone wants to get to Tassie, like a Queen or a Sting or something like that. So yeah, there's works, a thought that... The government's really slow on it.
0: Yeah, there's a thought that even for um, the throwdown for the Phoenix and Melbourne United, if Rod Laver Arena was available, not John Kane Arena, Rod Laver Arena was available, and they could reconfigure it for a reasonable price, then they'd sell it out there as well. You'd be able to fill it, 25,000 to see a throwdown, or 25,000 maybe to see a Melbourne United play a final in the NBL against the Perth Wildcats. And the Jack Jumpers. It might not be crazy to think that in six or seven years' time, if the Jack Jumpers make the NBL playoffs, they could actually play in that 30,000-seat stadium that is designed for AFL and cricket. You just don't know how big the Jack Jumpers are going to become because right now they've become really, really big in a short space of time. Great, David, call David. Good to be able to talk some NBL with you. Gaze is going to be in a little bit later on. Uh, we'll maybe throw that at him as well. Heaps of text coming through, one on the ticketing as well for opening round. Just on opening round, a quick, wouldn't mind knowing your thoughts on this, a quick straw poll on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. So there's an opening round and a round one this year. There's four games in the opening round. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Carlton, Suns and Richmond, and then the Giants and Collingwood. So there's an opening round. And then a week later is round one where everybody plays. But you're going to have teams playing in round one that have already had a game in the opening round. Will it be an advantage for the teams who play in the opening round that have had a game leading into their round one game against a team that hasn't played yet? Will they be sharpened by it? Are we going to be talking about the bye syndrome, teams coming off a bye like we do mid-year after round one? Because there are a few teams that are going to have a game playing against a team that hasn't had a game yet. So the Giants will have had a game when they face North Melbourne in round one. North Melbourne won't have had a game yet. The Suns will have had a game after the opening round, having played Richmond in their game against Adelaide, who won't have played yet. Melbourne will have had a game playing against the Western Bulldogs, who wouldn't have had a game yet, because Melbourne will be sharpened up by their game against Sydney. And Brisbane, likewise, will have had a game up against Fremantle, who won't have played yet in round one. So your thoughts on that? Will it actually work in favour of the teams that have had a game? Will we be complaining about this, like we do about the bye scheduling, when it comes to the end of round one, 300 736 736, quick one on that because we do need to move on. We've got a couple of other guests coming up to have a chat to us about all things cricket. But your thoughts on this all the way to 130? 1300 736 if you've got a thought.